In a podcasting world filled with true crimes, insane interview podcasts, and gross celeb news stories, Bryce and Ren, that's us, try to do the impossible. Create a podcast that'll help you survive your commute or workday. Welcome to Bryce and Ren and Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. Today we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 8 of Ned's Declassified, titled Dares and Bad Habits, as well as Season 2, Episode 9 of Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide, titled Substitute Teachers and The New Kid. Uh, with me, as always, uh, is the double dare king himself, one Renan Fontos. Ren, what's up? How we doing? Bryce, I'm doing great. You know me, the double dare king. I was on a... If, if a few of you don't remember, I was on an eight-week stretch of Nickelodeon's Double Dare 2000, mm-hmm. where uh, you know, I never got slimed once. So I didn't know, is, does, did, uh, so while you were on that, does that function just like Jeopardy? So like it's, it's yeah. Jeopardy rules. Each day you win twice the amount of money mm-hmm. as you won last time. Okay, cool. Yeah, and so what was your... What was your overall pot from uh from my uh my double dare two thousand pot? Yeah. I got a forty three hundred dollars. <laughs> wow. After <laughs> after eight weeks as a child. <laughs> yeah, it ended up being kind of a waste of time. Yeah, life. I was gonna say that doesn't feel um uh, and that was they took you out of school for that, right? Yeah, they took me out of school. Uh, yeah. I had to redo the year. That's why I'm a year that's why I'm a year older than you. Yeah, that makes sense. Even though we graduated the same year. Yeah, but you yeah, uh that double dare year uh <laughs> really got you good for the forty three hundred. Uh I thought you were gonna say um that your winning pot was like uh like eight BMX bikes, like sixteen N64s, uh three uh three week-long trips to Nickelodeon uh, Hotel in Florida. Because uh, those are all, like, those are all the prizes that they used to have on those shows. Did you ever go to uh, the Nickelodeon Hotel in Florida? No, I've watched, like, YouTube videos about it, but I've never I been heard, there. I heard that, like, uh, each Nicktoon had their own room, and, like, the people who, like, do the costumes, they had to sleep in their costumes. Mm, I don't... So, like, if you went exploring and you stuck into their rooms, you could see the characters still sleeping in costumes. So, like keep the illusion intact yeah nicole saw it (laughs) wow so so like you're telling me like uh you could ask the front desk like hey can we get a room near spongebob's room and then you could like walk by at 2 a.m and like some person (laughs) in a spongebob costume (laughs) would be lying face down on the bed why do you why they sleeping face down because spongebob so think about how spongebob sleeps okay if he's just uh, straight up, like he, there's no, uh, I don't know, it's light. What? He has to sleep on it. He has to sleep face down. What are you talking about? SpongeBob. Does he, he, he wear pajamas? Is he wearing pajamas? Does he have pajamas? Yeah, he has a little like nightgown and nightcap. <laughs> huh. So, like, imagine you were you were in the Danny Phantom Hall. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy in the big Danny Phantom costume was sleeping, and like you saw that he left his door unlocked, so you snuck in. And you yeah. Could watch him sleep. And he'd be sleeping face down. <laughs> he doesn't have to be sleeping face down. 
Listen, I'm so confused, right? Like, the, the point is that, like, if you snuck into the bedroom... Yeah, my, uh, yeah. You know how, like, at Disney World... Yeah. Like, they cannot break character at all. Yes. Yeah, Mickey so, has like, to sleep uh, on property face down in every hotel. Nick, yeah, because Nickelodeon Hotel, they have the characters living in the hotel. There. Yeah. So, like, if they're gonna go back to their room, and, like, they fall asleep, like, mm -hmm. a little kid, he's, like, sneaking around, he's like, yeah, I'm mm -hmm. gonna check out the Nicktoons sleeping. Mm -hmm. Walks in, there's just a grown man in bed, Spongebob's uh, severed on the floor, you know? What? So, like, look for, cause, yeah, cause okay, you're saying that they wouldn't do that. They, they're they scared that'll happen. Yeah, okay. So they gotta keep everyone in costume, even mm -hmm. while they're sleeping. Yeah. You know, it's like an astronaut suit. You can do anything in these uh, mm -hmm. costumes. Would, um... Like, uh, who would be the scariest, uh, like, what about, like, Raymundo? Raymundo? Like, a, a Nickelodeon Raymundo costume from, uh, Rocket Power? Raymundo from Rock- are you- Twister? Is he the dad? No, he, yeah, he's the dad. <laughs> his name was Raymundo? Yeah. I don't know, it may have just been a Ray, but I'm pretty sure that, uh, oh, some of the kids called him Raymundo. His name was Raymundo, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, you don't remember that? Yeah, I, I, he just doesn't strike me as a Raymundo. Yeah, so imagine you, after uh, your Double Dare 2000 streak, okay. you win a month at the Nickelodeon Hotel. Uh, you get up because you got to get go get ice from the ice machine down the hall. And uh, yeah, I, see, on I the... see a little light coming out of Raymundo's room. Yeah, you, you go and see. They all have to leave their window open as well, right? Because it's, like yeah. it's like a display. And so, so he's can, just like, lying there face them. down on the bed. And you're like, oh, that's Raymundo. Yeah, that like I, I'll know that he's the character, not like some guy in the character. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, any other like Nick character, like Cat Dog? That'd be weird. Would you would you have two people in the Cat Dog or just one? You well, need I guess to if just one. Then Cat Dog would be like standing. Yeah, you need to reverse human setup, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what we'll do is uh, ass to ass it. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then they would just be asleep, face down on the beds. Exactly, and that way the kids will know it's cat dog, not some human centipeded freak. No. <laughs> so, do you think that there was a Ned Z classified room? Definitely, and there, there was a Ned costume. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not a kid who looks like Ned. No, it's like it's like a co like it's a, a costume. costume, like one of those Rugrats costumes. Yes, like really mm. freaky. Awful. That's Ned. That's Ned. Speaking of Ned, did you know, Ren, that there's a whole episode about dares and bad habits? That's right, Bryce. We can lick floors or we can chew our fingernails. It's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was first? Was it dares or bad habits? It was dares. dares? Okay, yeah. I, do, I can't wait to talk about bad habits because that was also very questionable. Um, a lot of tape was used in bad habits. I don't know if you realized that. A lot of tape. I'm glad we got to see the Nazi doctor again. Oh my gosh, she was wild. Like, they, they leaned into it even harder this time. Mm -hmm. like the first time, they at least had, like, a room for deniability. Yeah, this <laughs> This is just yeah. full-on German propaganda. Yeah, it was very questionable. Um, so we have here, uh, for dares, right... So, again, we're not going to walk through New Year, New Us. We're not yeah. going to walk through the episode. We're kind of over that. But we, we will talk about some, some like, different highlights, high points, uh, things that maybe stuck out to us. Um, Ren, overall, like, what did you think about Dares, just this segment? I felt like... Uh, I can't believe they did a Jump the Shark joke. <laughs> like, so mm -hmm. soon. Are they mm -hmm. just, like, giving in? Are they resigned? But, no, but did you... It? 
did you realize no one jumped the oh actually never mind yeah <laughs> someone right. does jump the shark yes someone does jump the shark someone which is interesting someone from season one so matt hoffman is the one that eventually jumps the shark uh is this saying that the show had jumped the shark since the beginning i don't know like mm-hmm. i'm glad that this happened though because it's it gives us a genuine like platform to discuss the show's quality mm-hmm. i feel like season two is frustrating for me because it kind of has the cory problem where it it now has a new element to it a new edge that is undeniably making things more compelling and more interesting mm-hmm. but it's also kind of getting lost in what it was and doesn't really know how to juggle its new identity yeah like the stuff that's good like mm-hmm. the good ideas the good jokes the like the idea of Ned asking out Missy because of Adair, that's a good idea. I'd like to see that episode. We didn't see it this one, but mm-hmm. you know, that sounds like a cool episode idea. Uh mm-hmm. the, the the close zoom in on Squirrely's face, that's funny. Yes. But, like, for everything like that, it just I don't know. You get like loomer cookie underwear dares or everything about bad habits, which I felt dragged. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like the the series' quality is all over the place. Yeah, there's, um, I think especially, I'm trying to see where I felt it, because I, I hope I wrote it down, but there was one of these segments to me, again, felt like we were getting a storyline that we had seen yes, already. Yes, yep. it was a new, it was the new kid. The new kid? Okay. Cookie's in the new class, again. Oh, yeah! Like, what was, yeah. He's reinventing himself for, like, the fourth time this season? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, oh, so it's that, and Ren, even the segment before that in, um, Substitute Teachers, that one, uh, where Ned was helping the teacher be cool, oh, we saw yeah, that, right. we saw that's, that in season one. That's, ex- that's the exact With Moe's and the student teacher. In math, mm-hmm. math episode. So, um, but for this one, um, so the dares that get placed upon everyone, uh, so all three characters need to be involved in dares. Yeah. Of course. It's all about dares. Uh, the dare craze is sweeping James K. Polk Middle School. Um, like, mm-hmm. I, like the, I like the idea of an episode centered around dares. Yeah. And I, I think they almost get it right with Ned. I feel like mm-hmm. we should have seen the date with Missy. Oh, yes. We should have seen their interactions. 1000%. Like, they just, they waste this storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Moses' dare just wearing a dress just wear a dress which in the next episode not the next segment but next episode we see her dressed very similarly um to in terms of like she's wearing floral and bright colors as well mm-hmm. which is um yeah that was also that's moses dares to wear a dress and then cookie uh and loomer are kind of you know they're arguing over who's, who the dare king is and so they dare each other to jump over a shark usually when you dare someone to do something i feel like you can't uh like reverse dare them like i can't i yeah. can't be like ren uh i dare you to like uh, lick a toilet brush and then you can't be like well fine i dare you to lick a toilet brush because then we just both have to lick a toilet brush yeah it's not fun anymore it's stupid no we're just licking toilets yeah um yeah so i didn't like that i was like i feel like there needs to be laws around, not like actual laws, maybe actual laws around dares. It also just, I don't know, the escalation between Cookie and Loomer, it wasn't very funny or well-telegraphed to me. Mm-hmm. 
it just I was like each scene with them, I was just kind of waiting to get through it. Yeah. I also uh Moe's thinking the girl with the prosthetic arm is a robot. Like cool. I could see that coming from a mile away. I mean we all did, because yeah. we all have a brain. Uh I don't know what was wrong with Moe's here. <laughs> like, what was wrong with her? This they a lot of uh, I felt like a lot of these segments were out of mm-hmm. character. She Especially would... when we get to the one where Ned says yes to everything. Yeah. Oh, that's true too. I didn't didn't even think about how off that is for him. But yeah, like, that does that doesn't strike me as some as something very Ned esque. No. Like he's helpful, but he also you know he his characterization it seems like he keeps to himself. He's not super popular. Mm-hmm. People like geeks seek him out for the guide, but not to like do stuff. No. Um. So did you notice, so uh, when Moses is wearing a dress, Ren, I want us to kind of like keep tabs here as we track this. This is, uh, she's wearing the dress and Ned says like, you look nice. And we get that like little like angelic music for a second. And Moses is like, really? Uh, and then I think Ned just says no, something like that. Um, but it's worth noting that there's like, the show is giving us that little hint. They've, uh, like, they've been they like each other for a few times this season. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're building up to something there. Uh, this <laughs> I liked when so Ned has to ask Missy out on a dare, like we talked about. Yeah. Um, you're right. We completely missed the opportunity. We don't actually see them go on the date. We don't even we don't even see them interact in the episode, really. No, it's more just um Ned asks Missy, Missy says yes, gives him a time and says, I'll get back to you with details, and then gets back to him with a ton of details, including um, I'm gonna tell my dad that you're a straight A student majoring in corporate law in middle school. Which, yeah, I loved that line. I thought that was really funny. Um, yeah, so she's really believes that Ned needs to be uh, a certain way, and Ned thinks it's gonna go awful. And they go on the date, and it's not that bad. And I was kind of here for it. I was like, okay, let's see Ned and Missy for a few episodes. Yeah, it would have been interesting, but uh, <clears throat> I just. Like, I know that I commend the show for not wanting to film anything outside the school, mm-hmm. but we there that doesn't excuse them not ha- like this is this is one of the few times I've actually wanted to see more of Missy. I know. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating. It would have been great, and I mean, I think that it would have been better if we saw that, and then they also didn't double back on it in the end anyway. With, yeah, that, um, was, that was really. For a show that does continuity so well, like the relationship stuff, they've dropped the ball. Too much water. Like they've... we know Loomer and uh, Susie are still together, but just because they remember to remind us every few episodes. Yeah, and what happened to Susie? Like Susie's been uh, like uh, MIA. Yeah, she was supposed to be Moses' best friend. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen her, we've barely seen her for the past, like, four or five episodes. She's basically back to her season one role at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Well, we have the leader of the huge crew is, like, heavily involved in both these episodes. Not heavily, but, like, more so than she should be. I feel like they're pushing her as a side character now. They are, but, like, just her sometimes they're like they're explicitly name dropping her as doris Mm -hmm. and like giving her scenes that don't have the rest of the huge crew yeah because she's the one she announces to the whole cafeteria that uh cookie and loomer are gonna jump a shark which is as exciting as it is uh he he's like right there 
Ned is right next to her. And I'm like, how does she not want to kiss Ned? That, that, that's all, all she wants to do. But they're able to live peacefully, I guess. Um, were you surprised, Ren, to see Matt Hoffman back? Bryce, I was shocked to see uh, the greatest rider in BMX vert history, Matt Hoffman, back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do like that uh, he was there to sell them Hoffman bikes. <laughs> yeah. want to talk them out of it. That's actually a good use of him. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good too. Um, I think he, Matt Hoffman probably, I I would think, approached Nickelodeon about this. Yeah, this doesn't feel like a Nickelodeon mandate. No, and said, hey, I'd be happy to do the show again if I get to plug my bike and do a trick. I gotta sell some Hoffman bikes. Yeah, it's good for the brand. BMX so, just isn't selling anymore. Do you think, yeah, do you think that you can get a Matt Hoffman bike on eBay? Let's look it up. I'm just going to type in Matt Hoffman on eBay and see what happens. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to I'll add the word bike to see if that gets us anywhere. Yeah, okay. 159 bucks for a Matt Hoffman BMX bike. Uh, Bryce, even mm-hmm. better. Check this out. Uh, $12.58 mm-hmm. for Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX 2 for Nintendo Game Boy. Ooh. That could be good. Is that going to be our Cory in the House DS game? <laughs> let's let's our, play Matt Hoffman. Of our Ned's uh, watch through? I'm sure, I'm sure it's a very good game. I'm sure it's a very good game. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I like that. I like that he's here. Uh, you had mentioned uh, Moses' situation. Yeah, Mose thinks a girl who doesn't have an arm is a robot. And what else? It's not not just that, but also... <laughs> uh, a girl who has a facial tick and a girl who likes wires. Mm-hmm. Thinks that they're all robots. Um, they're, this is yeah. so uncharacteristically Mose. Very much so. Um, and it takes, like, nothing to convince Mose. And I don't know where she just all of a sudden gets the idea of, like, oh, these three people all act similar. They must be robots. Like, this is something Ned or Cookie would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, it's a little bit offensive. A little bit. Yeah. It, it's definitely... Well, uh, they do get to call Moe's out in the end. They do. They, they call her, what is it, an insensitive clod. Which is, she is, yeah. So it, it's not like she gets away unscathed, but no. it's also not like the point of the episode was to address these things. No. And this is a Nickelodeon show. It's not like Always Sunny, where that kind of humor is appropriate or even well handled. Mm-hmm. Like, again, this like at the end of the day, no matter how good Ned's is, it's still a Nickelodeon show. Yeah. Um, you don't think we see the Heathers ever again, right? Oh, definitely uh, not. We're never going to see... Uh... May, June, and Julie. Yeah, May, June, and Julie. Um, I think that joke was the best thing they had going for them. Uh, it was definitely better than the robots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is it Danger Cook? Is that his identity? Cookies? When he wears that costume? Yeah, he's Green Danger Cook. Yeah. We saw him um, wear it when he did the trampoline stunt at the Pepper Alley, right? In season one. So he's back to wearing that. Um, he decides not to do it. Rent, um, if, if you were given a big dare, being called a chicken, is that going to sway you one way or another? Well, I'm not Marty McFly in Back to the Future mm-hmm. 2, so no, it's not going to do anything to me. No. Being, yeah. being called a chicken, it's it's nothing. It's a it's a nothing insult. It doesn't mean a thing. No. And what, like, who who is ever sitting around and it's like, hey, Ren, did you hear what they said about uh, about Julie? 
It's like, no, what? She's a chicken. What? She's a chicken? Yeah. So so what? No one cares. Nobody cares. Yeah, it's, it is a nothing insult. Um, I would rather be called a chicken than jump over a shark. A CGI shark? Yeah. It was a pretty good CGI shark. I, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I keep coming back to the shark of it all. Like, why? 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 Why reference what's considered... Like the scene that famously <laughs> destroyed, mm-hmm. like it 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 put Happy Days into a before and an after. Like scenes that ruined their shows are called Jump the Shark. Like it's a trope. It's a very well known, famous thing that ruined a show that pe- that even like average viewers and audiences know is a thing. Like, Did you? Why, why reference this? Were you on the IMDb forums um, when The Office was airing? I was not. Okay. Uh, every single episode jumped the shark. I just have to put that out there, especially once we got to like season five and six uh, with like everything Michael Scott paper company. I, Koi Pond was one that was famously known as like, this is the office jumping the shark. Just like how, why? I, um, I wish the IMDb forums were still up. Me too. Me too. R slash television um, and specific subreddits do not scratch that itch. For what it's worth, I think the real office jump the shark moment, and I, I use jump the shark here not to say that it gets bad, but yeah. to say that the tone changes is when Michael runs over Meredith. It's a it's mm-hmm. a different show once the boss runs over one of his employees. Yes. Like it's no longer grounded in reality. <laughs> but I mean, she had rabies, so you know. It evens out. Yeah. But that's the thing. Even like even then, the office was still well written, so it didn't matter that it was yeah. that wacky. Uh, but here, yes, yeah, so with why have them jump the shark? Rent. My theory is it goes to the Matt Hoffman um, situation. I think that they wrote around Matt Hoffman. Like, he, he asked to come back. They were like, fine, whatever. <laughs> Can't say no to you, Matt. You're going to yeah. ruin our show a second time. We'll show you. Yeah, I think that they... Um, you think the scene is spiteful? <laughs> they had struck a deal with Matt Hoffman. And Matt Hoffman wanted to come back to promote his new bike. And he said, it would be ideal if I could do a stunt. They said, okay, well, the stunt needs to make sense. And this is what they did. They made him jump the shark. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just so ill-conceived. And they they probably felt that it was um, clever. Oh, I would sure guess. I think or- it's just unfortunate that it's in this stretch of episodes that haven't been very good. Yeah. Um, I mean, but overall, was it super thrilling to think about Cookie and Loomer jumping over what we knew was not going to be a very harmful shark? We also know that no one's going to die to a shark on the show. Yeah. <laughs> it, that would be something. Loomer gets eaten by the shark. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. But, <laughs> he's screaming as the episode closes out. Blah, blah, blah. yeah i don't think i don't know that may have been interesting but i don't think that they would have done that either um yeah the shark thing wasn't wasn't really good television also why why loomer versus cookie like this isn't a pairing we usually get and i don't feel it was well handled they don't Uh, have like a natural chemistry in my opinion well, like, so, I, I, don't, I don't buy them as, like, foils. So they had no clue what to do with Cookie for the episode. Yeah. And they knew that they wanted to have someone be, like, 
do like extreme dares or like be really good at dares. They are like naturally. Let's look at all of our characters. Probably Loomer would be the one who who does is is best at handling dares and responding they to them. They make up new asinine characters all the time for the littlest things. That's true. Like, we have like the spelling bee triplets. They could have like Dare Danny or whatever. Albert, who yeah, exactly. We we got why not? Why don't we have Dare Danny? Mm-hmm. To just play opposite to anyone, or to just exist, right? Yeah. Maybe like I don't know. Let's think about Cookie as a character. Cookie likes to analyze things, seem and try to come up with like technical ways that might help it. What if Cookie was like the stunt supervisor, or like was responsible for like setting up a new cool stunt? Okay, so like for, um, for, uh, for Dare Boy, Dare 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 for Dare Danny, yeah, Danny. yep. I don't know. Yeah, it does feel like there's a lot more that they should have done with Cookie. It was a, a very strange pairing. Um, I, uh, we get Ned, Cookie, and Loomer every once in a while, but we don't get just Cookie and Loomer. Well, I feel like Ned's the glue there. Yeah. Thing. Like, Loomer and Cookie, it's just, I don't know. It's like having Crony and Lisa Zemo in a scene alone. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> I, you gotta wonder, what are they up to? I, oh... <laughs> I mean, so, I don't want to spoil too much ahead, but did you like New Lisa Zemo in the, in uh, the last segment? Uh, New Lisa Zemo in the last Our segment? Name? Oh, yeah! Literally just Lisa Zemo. They just made Lisa Zemo. Again. <laughs> and conveniently, she's not in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and But it's okay. We'll never see this new the new girl again. No. Lacey Lisa Zemo. So that's all I have to say about dares. Yeah, I wasn't, I didn't like it too much. I think it's a shame that, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't, I guess you can't really do too, anything too interesting with a mm-hmm. dare episode of starring middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't escalate things. You can't like get into like slapstick humor because you can't hurt the kids. No. I mean, it, you just, there isn't a lot of room for it. Like, the Missy angle was the absolute best thing that the Dare segment had for it, and it misused it horribly. Yeah, because Missy finds out, and is just like, okay, well, Ned, you only asked me out on a Dare, so I'm done. Yeah. Bummer. Um, and Missy, like, we get even a little bit of character from Missy at one point during that, right? Doesn't yeah. Missy say, like, boys don't ask me out a lot? Yeah. We, we know a little <sighs> bit more about her. She's a character with a little bit more depth mm-hmm. now. All right. Ren, what is your bad habit? I bite my fingernails. Yeah, I do too. I guess we got the same one. Yeah, did you put... I've, neither of us lick the floor. Did you put tape on your fingers to stop? I've never put tape on my fingers. Mm-hmm. But you're going to start after seeing this, right? I don't know, because Cookie starts sucking in the tape. Yeah, he does. Starts yeah, eating it some... It didn't look like it worked. No. Um, yeah, I, the bad habits that we see on display here are pretty absurd. Uh, Ned always says yes, as we know from watching. Mm-hmm. No episodes of Ned's Declassified. Ned is lazy. He's supposed to be a lazy person. Yeah, he's an underachiever. Like, the guide is the only thing he, like, truly excels at. He has to be pushed to do everything. He's not the kind of person who's gonna say yes just because someone asks. Mm-hmm. Like, they've spent so much time establishing who Ned is academically. I cannot buy that this is him socially. Yeah. Uh, 
Cookie's a pack rat, which we've seen in his locker before. It's usually pretty clean and neat. <laughs> so but... Cookie very suddenly became a pack rat. Yeah. Well, yeah, it happened overnight because they needed to say something about a bad habit for him. And uh, Moe's, of course, swears like a sailor <laughs> playing volleyball. That fits to me. I That one I can buy the mm-hmm. most. It's yeah. still a bit like... It's not like off, but it's it's not as well established as it could be. Mm-hmm. With the Moe's that they have defined. But like, I, I can buy it, at least. Yeah. That we, one I, I can like believe so we get um like Nettis says yes to helping pump up basketballs for coach Durga put up flyers for this girl whose name we maybe know um but she's in a bunch of episodes and uh agrees to help squirrely with like a never-ending list of tasks the school beautification project yeah um it's so that that's what Ned says yes to squirrely through the episode uh, we see him asking a bunch of different people, like, different things, like, requests. Well, mostly just Ned, and then also Vice Principal Krups, uh, including Ren. He wants to fill the gym up with uh, with sand, or with dirt for a rodeo. Yep. I'm sorry, what? Would you go to a middle school gym rodeo? Filled with dirt? Yeah. No. Like, a, this is a school that had a monkey in it. Monkey rodeo? Monkey uh, I, yeah. Rodeo? Yeah. Uh, uh, what is it? Matzo ball, matzo ball rodeo? Matzo ball Monday rodeo. Yeah, I would go. Like, that's not something you see every day. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, I just, I liked the absurd requests a lot. Of um, And he's getting a bunch of yeses, but it's also like, he makes, I guess, really makes a face and it's hard to say no to him. Yeah, he does like the Puss in Boots face from Shrek 2. Mm-hmm. Did Shrek 2 come out before or after this? Probably before. That's a great question, Bryce. Let's find out. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess before. And that they just before? kind of borrowed that joke from him. By the way, so while you're looking that up, I'll take a few moments here to say um, good night and goodbye to uh, Shrek 4D at Universal Orlando, which is quietly uh, closing for good in the next month. I got to see that when I went to Universal a few mm. years ago with Nicole's family. Wow. Well. I hope that you remember it, because... Have you ever seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. So we, we're going to have a part... We're going to know a part of Shrek history that mm-hmm. future Shrek fans are never going to get to experience. Yeah. Like, it is... The, the video is available on Peacock, I'm pretty well, sure. It doesn't really count, though, because it's a 4D experience. And I think it's a special, like, feature on the Shrek 3 DVD as well. But, like, it's the 4D part. That yeah. Happens. But the, but they'll never be able to feel the dragon slobber you on know, you. It, it's like watching a let's play. It's not. It's not the real thing. It's, you're not playing the game. <laughs> you're, you're not really in Shrek 4D, feeling the dragon slobber on your body. Yeah. Uh, Ren, when did Shrek 2 come out? 2005 or 2004. Yeah. 2004. Yeah, so it was definitely before this. It was before this episode. Um. Okay. Yeah. So they just kind of stole it from there, and did that. Uh, the bad habits that they go through. Moses is gonna try to put tape over her mouth to help her. Uh, Ned will use uh, will go see the math teacher about saying no, and she shows him like a propaganda esque uh, mind washing film, yeah, in which like- <laughs> she tapes his eyes open and makes him watch, and it shows like clips of Squirrely and other people asking things, and then has the word no flashed over and over. 
Uh, funny I like bit. that she wanted to do electroshock therapy on him originally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did Ned say no to that? Because that was that shows it worked. Oh, it. Good point. The episode should mm-hmm. he should have we should have seen him get electrified. Should have yeah he should have said uh yes. Get zapped, Ned. Um, I didn't yeah. The so a lot of tape here seems to be the solution to how to handle a bad habit. Cookie tries to go from one bad habit to the next to the next. Um, like, I don't really have anything to say about this, Ren. It's another boring segment. It's super boring. It, like, it, it's, it comes and it goes. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just not interested in watching Cookie bite pencils or chew three packs of gum or... I don't know. It, this is, this That's is, so much gum. This isn't interesting to me. <laughs> What's the most, like, have you ever had too much gum in your mouth that you're like, if I choke, like, I could choke on this? I don't chew gum. Like, never? Never. That's just, like, a rule? Never. Why? He's not even exaggerating. He doesn't even like someone chewing gum near him. Oh. So, like, the concept of gum. Is gross to me. Because it's, like, just, like, food is meant to be chewed and swallowed? Exactly. Okay. And gum is just food that you only chew? It's just gross. What about, um, so Willy Wonka's, like, little meal in a gum? Not interested. Really? Not even remotely. But you could turn violet. I don't care. I want to be Ren. (laughs) It feels like you're missing out on gum. What about, like, gummies? You're fine with gummies because you swallow them? That's fine. You could swallow gum. I don't want to. It's not right. Okay. Okay. I've probably, if I've ever chewed gum around you, I'm sorry. No, it's, I forgive you. It's all right. Okay. Thank you for apologizing, though. It's, it's very big of you. Yeah. You, you yeah, know the movie welcome. Big? Uh, yeah. Uh, who is that? Timothy uh, yeah, it's Tim, Sh- it's, Chalamet? It's Tim, it's Tim Chalamet. Mm-hmm. He plays a kid who goes to a Zoltar machine. And yeah. He becomes big. Yeah. We should watch, um, uh, what's the other one uh, where Tom Hanks becomes a mermaid? You're thinking of a uh, castaway. Yeah, it gets bit by the merm. The merm. <laughs> yeah. Splash. Yeah. You want to do a big splash double feature? Um. Yeah, we could call it like uh, uh, like make a big splash into summer, and then we could yeah. also watch uh, there's a, a probably a movie about summer with Tom Hanks. Castaway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm super interested in, in that. I don't, I don't have anything like fun to say about those movies. You you don't think you could find anything fun to say about Big? I mean, Big, I could say a lot of fun the, stuff the about. The boy turns into a man and works at a toy store. Okay, right? he like he does. He's successful. He gets like a like Greg's apartment in Succession. Yeah, and you know we can discuss the problematic elements about Big. Um, there's a lot that's problematic <laughs> there. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah. There's a lot morally questionable. <laughs> there is a uh, one very like specific morally questionable thing about him. Mm-hmm. That's just impossible. Um, to, I I love the movie, so it, but, it's really impossible to get by it. But what about Splash? Right, there's some moral gray areas there too. She's Not gray mermaid. areas, more just wrongs. Uh, I've never actually seen Splash. Uh, the mermaid bites him. That's not okay. And he becomes like a um, merman. Yeah, but he's out of water, so he like gasps for air. Yeah. So does he like die? No spoilers, but yeah, Tom Hanks dies. <laughs> uh, 
you know it'd be a fun scene to discuss you and me. What the one where Tom Hanks pulls out one of his tooths in Castaway? Because mm-hmm. then we could try it and see if we could we like if we could prove that we could survive Castaway. Why does he do that? Because it ha- it's like a infected or something oh ouch he's supposed to get the tooth checked when he came back after the fedex delivery mm-hmm. but he gets castaway'd ouch that movie's uh d- doesn't isn't there like 90 minutes of that movie he's actually like not on an island what do you i don't think it's like 90 minutes really it's it's not it's a lot like uh yeah. i think like the first 10 and like maybe like the last 15 to 20 really the but rest like, of it he's on the island it's it's a long. Have you seen it? No. Oh, it's no. A, like I know, like Wilson. Like I know, I get he, it. He's on the island for like genuinely most of the movie. Hmm. It's a it's a good movie. Um. Yeah, I don't think I want to watch it for the podcast. I'll watch it, but I don't want to. Yeah, watch it. Okay, I'll let you know. Uh, bad habits. They're bad because they're not good. If you have a bad habit. Mm-hmm. just quit just quit just stop as soon as you know it's a bad wow. habit just stop yeah i don't uh i don't know ned it's not that easy if you knew any science behind how addiction works um to anything not not specifically drugs but just how addiction works in your brain it is not that easy but it's okay ned just put I, tape on your body and you'll be okay i don't know what I think we need to get to the bottom of like why these segments are starting to feel so bland and uninspired. So is it like, are they resting on laurels because they threw everything at the wall in season one and then got it renewed and they didn't expect it to. And then they were like, Oh, like we're in the money now. I think it has to be, it definitely, I, I, I feel like it must be something like that, but I think it's coming from a, not necessarily like a business standpoint, but maybe critically. Mm-hmm. When people talk about Ned's Declassified, they never have a bad thing to say about it. It could be, like, is this just overload? Like, it's bad, like, it's bad. Well, first of all, you and I are not the main audience, but even though we're not the main audience, like, is is this just too much Ned's? I, it, maybe it is too much Ned's, but it's such a continuity-heavy show where, like, that shouldn't be a problem. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It, I, I kind of like I feel like saying that kind of like oh, like I'm trying to find like the right words to put it in but so uh, I'll, I'll say it's like it's kid scrubs yeah but yeah. you can binge watch scrubs and not have this issue exactly so with like Ned's it's balancing <laughs> a level of continuity that's genuinely interesting to see in a show of this caliber but because it's juggling so much continuity and stuff like that, and it's split into these two 11-minute segments, which, let's face it, are very archaic for the kind of storytelling Ned's is going for. It just, it's, it's, stu- it's something you do for, like, Spongebob or Fairly Odd Parents. It's mm-hmm. not working for Ned's anymore. Like, they, they so quickly grew out of this 11-minute episode framing to the point where the fifth episode of season one, like, the prom, or the dance episode was just, like, mm-hmm. one effectively one big storyline and they've never really done that again well so maybe that's it maybe the show just isn't moving forward like we're stuck yeah that's true right and i think like with my recollection of season three things move forward in season three Mm. i don't know if things will move that much more forward in season two or if we're just like at a standstill um 
and mm. another problem is that like it doesn't feel like things are like when things do move forward like the acknowledgement of loomer and Susie's relationship mm-hmm. or just like even the stuff with ned and missy today or really anything involving ned and Susie in any of the episodes we've seen that's obviously developing their dynamic for when they i'm assuming eventually get together yeah but like all, all that stuff it feels so unsatisfying because the focus is spent on the lowbrow cookie underpants mose swearing robots nonsense I yeah. feel like I feel like the show's priorities aren't in the right place. They've lost track of like the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um and instead they're like more focused on like, oh great, what's gonna be their task in this eleven minutes? Um, what are they, what are these characters gonna do to fill this eleven minutes versus like who are these characters and why? Um because it's just all kind of like seemingly random. Yeah. The uh I was gonna see if oh yeah so at the end of this because speaking of the the Susie Crabgrass thing at the end of this Ned says no to a date with Susie Crabgrass is it, it's not like a date it's more of just like hanging out together yeah that, she said a hangout okay okay um so that's all I have to say about bad habits Ren I think we should move on to substitute teachers in the new kid okay okay. Um, uh, I wrote, uh, sub does baby jokes. It's Mr. Wiener. Which is, again, why? (laughs) This- Like, what you were just saying, why? Like, not only have we seen this episode in in, uh, Ned's Declassified before, Mm -hmm. this is also just the episode of Recess, where Vince's brother comes to hang out with them. And everyone realizes he's a super lame nerd and not as cool as when they were little kids. Yeah, and we learned Mr. Wiener is the brain behind the guide. Yeah. He his the guide was his idea, which I think I is funny. I don't feel good knowing that though. I don't like Mr. Wiener. Mm-mm. He uh he strikes me as a bad substitute teacher. He yeah. uh, fully deserved to be pelted with vegetables. A lot of and where are the kids getting these vegetables, by the way? Uh, parents pack lunch. Okay, pack. Uh, hey, here's a full head of lettuce for the day. Enjoy. Yeah, just chew on that. Mm-hmm. Chew on this. <laughs> um, I did love something here, Ren, in this episode. What? So there's again, we're looking at the three plots that happen because why have the gang be re- like united and when we could just give them three separate plots for eleven minutes? Um, Ned's whole thing is making sure Mister Wieners looks cool. Moses' whole thing is becoming a bad girl? Question mark. Um, and she, uh, she just wants to have fun in class when the sub is there. Yeah, what? Um, cookie though. This one worked for me. This was this was the win of the. But even this is kind of derivative of stuff we've already seen. I don't. Yeah, it is, but I don't even care. I I agree that it's the best of the bunch. Yeah, Cookie um, decides that he... So, because the staff... So much staff is missing in our um, pre-COVID world. I don't know what's going on at James K. Polk Middle School. Um, And so, Vice Principal Krupps asks Cookie to fill in just for a little bit. You know, take attendance and then pass out a couple of sheets and talk about them. Cookie's like, "Uh, I'm a student. And Vice Principal's like, please. Cookie's like, okay. And then Cookie loves it. 
and just wants to be a sub. <laughs> is this technically in, uh, indentured servitude? Um, maybe. Yeah, he's probably not paid. Yeah. So. Should we uh, report Principal Krubs? I mean, Principal Krubs reports it himself that Cookie was doing this illegally. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, because he's not on board. No adult is on board with this. That's um, a good point. But, like, I just love the idea of the students. Cookie, like, is supposed to be a sub for eighth graders at one point. Um, yeah. Imagine being an eighth grader and a sixth grade kid walks into the class and is like, hey, I'm going to be your sub today. It's like, dude, I see you in the cafeteria every day. What's happening? They but they all, they all, like, listen to him. Um, yeah, that's authority. Yeah. So, I like that. I just think that it worked for me. It was good. Um... The Mr. Wiener, let's talk about his failed attempts here, Ren. Yeah, cool. he, uh, he treats them like they're babies. Pretty much. Yeah, he sings to them a lot. Uh, does, does something... A tiny sub. <laughs> Which, <laughs> fresh out of scrubs, right? Yeah. Um, feels so fresh out of scrubs. So he it's does basically something... giant doctor. Yeah, this is the opposite. This is tiny sub. Tiny, who would, yeah, tiny sub versus giant doctor. I'd watch it. Um, he tries then to be a rock star because he thinks that'll be cool with the kids following Ned's advice. The kids all get black lung disease. Yep, here's a quick little kick about a whale named Dick. Yikes. Miners cough. Uh, yeah, they all walk away coughing. <laughs> um, he brings in a live walrus. That's right, where did he get that? <laughs> Like I can the monkey, I can I can buy the monkey, but I but the walrus I draw the line at walrus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I have some issues with it, with the walrus. I do. Um, I what is the walrus? Just a, a prosthetic? Is it a real walrus? It isn't, right? It's like a tusk situation, right? It's a man that became a walrus. So I, we didn't get that. <laughs> Did you get that? Was it his? Um, there was a. One of the outtakes um, showed this guy, Mr. Wiener, and he was talking to the walrus, and uh, uh, he called him son at one point, and I wonder if if maybe it was just his child. Oh, so you're thinking that uh, Mr. Wiener, mm-hmm. he got a that the, he has a walrus kid and a walrus wife. No, I was thinking tusked. He, the, his son got tusked. Oh, his son got tusked. Yeah, I would assume so he that his carry a walrus. His son was at the uh, the zoo and then fell into the walrus pit and got tusked. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that happened. Yeah, that, that definitely. Yeah, I can see it. There's a kid yeah. in that walrus. Or maybe Tom Hanks bit him, and then he became a wal- the walrus. Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Well, if, Tom, if if we're going by bite law, then if Tom Hanks bites you, you become Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's true. That's how a vampire works. Yeah, but no, because you don't become uh like a. Okay, well, I you become a blank. Like okay, you become well, a vampire. I guess, I guess Tom Hanks would have to suck your blood, and you'd have to suck Tom Hanks's blood. Then okay. you become Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, what's gonna be cool for the sub teacher is if he does like. Uh, gross jokes such as doing being a whale puppet and biting off his leg and yelling at loomer aggressively (laughs) mr wiener would have immediately gotten fired and ruined his subbing career yeah he what does he say to loomer he's like loomer you're stupid or something like that 
He says, uh, Loomer, you giant idiot, read a book for once in your <laughs> dumb life. He's, he says, like, get your head out of your butt. Yeah? Like, that's actually what he says to him. Because <laughs> kids love it when you say butt. Uh, um, yeah, he wouldn't... No. When I was a, a kid, uh, Ren, I had a substitute teacher. Do you ever have a sub? Yeah, yeah, I have had a sub before. Bro. Yeah, what was that like? Uh, so one of my subs at Tuxbury, I think his name was Mr. Wolfgang. Okay. I think <laughs> he was he was like a like he was the worst best sub ever because he was just completely incompetent. Yeah. Like he would take forever to get through name call. He'd mispronounce everyone's <laughs> names. Like he was the kind of man who would like. <sighs> he was old. Like, but the the kind of old that doesn't come with wisdom, you know? Yes. Like, he just made it to that age somehow. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he, he just carried him. Like, and he wandered he, into he the Tuxbury Public like, School you, System. You genuinely cannot understand how they are in public, how they are an educator. Mm-hmm. How like, they made it. On a substitute level. I love it. <laughs> so, um, okay. So he was your sub that you would have sometimes. Well, uh, but would you learn from him? You I feel would like... not. I would learn no. nothing from him. He no. was not. At, he would not teach. He would just sit and just doze off and make us read. <laughs> I do remember yeah. one very specific one-off sub. Mm-hmm. This was in middle school. He was like he must have been like late twenties. He came in wearing like a leather trench coat, <laughs> and he said that one of the girls in the class reminded him of his girlfriend. And that's all I can remember. <laughs> and why did he never come back? Exactly. Why did he never come back? Um, yikes. Yikes is right, Bryce. Uh, okay. So my, I had a sub in like a long-term sub in sixth grade. And uh, it was supposed to be, uh, supposed to cover like some different health related topics um, regarding like reproduction and stuff. Yeah. But because we had a long-term sub. Uh, they weren't comfortable with it, so they never taught it. So you just never learned sex ed? <laughs> never, never learned. <laughs> yeah. So, that was, yeah, it was cool, right? I guess that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, you don't have to learn everything, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, I, I wasn't super happy. Um, not at the time, like, I didn't really know, but now I look back at it, and I hear others that went to the same school um, had a different education in sixth grade. So, um, all right. Uh, what is Mo's up to here? Oh yeah. She, what is she doing? What was um, Mo's hangs out with a huge crew in science class. Oh yeah. It was a waste of everyone's time. We get a bunch of one-off subs. We get a Brenda song for a scene. Mm-hmm. Plays with moose in her hair. Yeah. <laughs> this was this was another wash. I felt like, yeah, yeah. I felt like um, the thing that worked here was Cookie, mm. and that was really it. I didn't care about Ned helping uh, Mister Weiner out. You uh, something that frustrates me about mm-hmm. the Mister Weiner plot too is that it felt like they were building up to like Ned just being like, "We've outgrown you," which is fine. Which, yeah, because mm-hmm. every time Mr. Wiener does one of his dumb songs, mm-hmm. like, Ned always cut him off, like, after yep. a line, because it was enough. 
Yeah. What if it was just Mr. Wiener? Just try teaching. Yeah. Like the whole, oh, we're kids and we like gross stuff. Well, we don't know why. It's just what we like. Mm-hmm. like that's how you relate to us. It's 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 yeah. just so stupid. No. Did like, you try teaching? Ned, this is a very dumb resolution. Mm-hmm. It's basically just a worse version of uh, Moe's helping her math teacher out. Because mm-hmm. at least in that case, he earned the respect of his students. In this case, Mr. Wiener just acts like an even bigger jackass. Mm-hmm. Like, it, this wouldn't win anyone's respect. It would just make the kids think he's a weirdo. Yeah. And I imagine what all the other teachers think, too. Yeah. They're like, oh, look, here's the sub that brings prop displays that he puts his head into and then bites off like, um, i keep calling this man back leave him in elementary school where he belongs yeah we're all set with him we don't need him um okay so that's the the substitute teacher piece ren uh new students this was fun though right right bernice, bernice glibbenhocker she was mean what does she keep calling ned tiger yeah tiger a tiger this is like uh, uh mm-hmm. it's uh Huh. Spider-Man. It's like Spider-Man? Mary Jane calls him Tiger in the comics. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this could Ned be Spider-Man? Could Ned be Spider-Man? Like, maybe. Maybe that's what he's up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, in season one, they got stuck in the web. Remember that? That's true. Hmm. So, Bryce. Mm-hmm. About Bernice. Okay. About Lisa Zemo. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of a character who keeps reinventing themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it would have been great if instead of like the message being, oh, just be yourself, mm-hmm. this was, Bernice became a recurring character. And this was just her thing. Like each episode, just trying to find a new identity. Yeah. Because at, at this point, I feel like the supporting cast needs a new element. Like, I feel like everything that can be done with this cast has been done. Get, judging by the fact that we're already like, repeating storylines over and over again Mm -hmm. and i don't know i feel like at the end they show us like the three different bernices you know there's room for something funny there yeah she's gone just a little one-off yeah we'll never see her again um what about so because we get this whole thing about like new students always trying to reinvent themselves to me i've never been a new student other than like the transition from middle school to high school. Like I've never been necessarily like a new student. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't know this because I, I, I didn't move when I was younger, but like this, this show places a heavy emphasis on students trying to reinvent themselves when they move. Yeah. I think it's more about just like Finding things can be really scary when you're new. Yeah. Like um, I moved in the middle of sixth grade. Yeah. And like my, my thoughts weren't, uh, Oh, I need to reinvent myself. No. Like, I was upset that I moved. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, stressed out about finding new friends and stuff. Yeah. Being in a new town. Mm-hmm. Like, reinventing myself was not one of my concerns. Yeah. You and I, um, what was I going to say? I, I I don't know if you watched it. I watched a Lloyd in Space episode uh, when we were trying to pick a new show to watch <laughs> that was all about a new kid. Um, where they before we've discussed this episode, yeah, where they became friends with the new kid, and then the new kid became a cool kid. Yeah, um, that show I think did it better. Uh, Ned's no Lloyd in space. No, yeah, we we can't expect expect Ned to do that. I just don't because we had it was one thing to have one storyline with it, but then to also have Cookie who claims to be a new kid, which he's not, 
um, goes to the same school. It's just one floor up. Chill, dude. Um, is just going to eighth grade English lit now. And yeah. he pretends to be British. And then he meets another kid who also was new and also pretended to be British. It's stupid. It's, um, it's a little... Con- and we also have the new janitor. Jack Spratt. Jack Spratt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jack Spratt was a, an interesting thing, I thought. It's... Uh, I like what they did at the end with showing how Gordy cares about the kids. Mm-hmm. Even though he doesn't care about cleaning. Yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah. not about being a good cleaner. It's about caring about the kids. I'm not sure how much I buy Vice Principal Krubs believing mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I don't... Especially because he was so keen. Like, I feel like he's so keen to get Gordy fired. Yeah, he clearly wants Gordy out so often. Yeah. He almost fired him a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not going to care that Gordy cares about the kids. I think, if anything, it just tells us a lot about Jack Spratt. Yeah. He's Jack Spratt is trash. Fun. Yeah. Um... Yeah. I don't know, like, all in all, Ren, I just feel like these episodes need to bring the characters together rather than giving them all their own thing going on. And I don't mean, like, we all have our own thing going on, let's connect and talk about our own problems, solve them for each other, and then go off and see if those fixes work. Yeah. But I mean, like, let's, like, we have problems together would be cool. Like, the show has become very complacent these last few episodes. Mm -hmm. Just following the formula of these three distinct storylines. Yeah. Like, they don't necessarily converge, but our three characters will discuss what's going on every now and then. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I don't know. It's not, it doesn't make for very engaging television, in my opinion. Or at least not anymore. Because we, it's like we keep repeating. These episode plotlines keep repeating. Like, for every original idea, there's some derivative storyline we've seen before in some capacity. And, like, and we've, we're far past the point of, like, oh, maybe they just want to do this idea better. Because it feels like every idea they've reiterated has already be, been reiterated on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... Yeah. I, I we're we're totally 22 agree. episodes in, and I feel like we've seen the same episodes, like, three or four times. Mm-hmm. Like... This is, there are shows about school that go on for, like, hundreds of episodes, and 22 episodes in, we're already like, mm-hmm. running out of ideas here. It's Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. You can literally imagine any scenario and just go from there. They're not even using the tip framing anymore, really. Yeah. Like, it's basically when they remember that Ned gives out tips, he'll give out some tips. Um, Ren... I am giving both episodes a three. I'll uh, I'll also give them a three. Yeah, they just they really feel so dull, um, so uninspired, and I don't know if the show is gonna go up from here. Like, I, I it does. I really think it does. Mm-hmm. But like, at what point? I think how many more episodes do, like this do we need to? push through before something happens anything happens i think we're gonna be stuck in the season two limbo probably until like the last three or four episodes Mm -hmm. i mean there's a if i'm correct there's a valentine's day episode coming up at one point and like hopefully that'll be that'll address something hopefully yeah but uh i am not sure so all right 
Um, so Ren, anything else on these episodes? You feeling like like we did it? We did it. We got through them. Yeah. I I think it's sad that I'm like now at a point with Ned's where I'm kind of waiting for the episodes to end at points. Mm-hmm. Just like kind of yeah. getting through it. Um. <laughs> And so, Ren, with that, next week, we'll get back together. We'll talk about Season 2, Episode 10, and Episode 11. Episode 10 is Valentine's Day and school websites. And then Episode 11 is Shyness and Nicknames. So uh, We both have nicknames, so we can relate to that. Yeah, we do. Uh, g- Greg? Did you, did you think that was that was the best you'd come up with? That was the best I could do on the spot. What do you want? Gren? The one, you know what? Why, let's take some improv classes and let's come back to this. Okay, maybe next week we'll come back and we can have a nickname for each other. Yeah, perfect. Okay, sounds good. All right. Uh, well, everyone, thank you so much for listening, for tuning in for the week. Uh, as we we plow on through our watch of Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide, uh, go ahead, uh, check out our Twitter poll and our Facebook page and, and any of our other socials. And uh, we hope that you have a great rest of your week. I uh, hope you enjoy SpongeBob's room at the Nickelodeon Resort. Take care, everyone. Bye. Good night. off uh officer prespolowski the last season but i get it yeah they um, really make you love him in season four yeah and then it, it, it makes sense why he's not present yeah most of season five though yeah it, it would i think it would have felt forced uh right. if if the, i think the show does a really good job of showing us who we need to see when we need to see them and not yep. just giving us characters for the sake of it i uh i on that note i especially like how uh they put McNulty on the back burner for season four. Yeah. And then they completely make him the front man for the entire season five series. It escalates so fast and so extreme, but I, I love the, uh, the serial killer plot. I mean, it was great TV. Yeah. It was really good TV. Um, and it, I was just worried and it almost happened. I mean, they almost even made it work in the context of the show, but I was worried that he was going to get off completely scotch-free with zero repercussions. Yeah. And um, that's what I was worried about the entire season. And so he, like, kind of still almost did, but... I I would say... I wouldn't say so, because, you know, that's what defines McNulty as, like, a character. He lost, like, the ability to do what makes him him. But at the same time... I can also say that it's better for him. I yeah, I 100 percent agree. It's mm-hmm. it's better for him in the long run. Yeah, Lester, uh, Lester's I think the one who like actually loses out. Definitely. But McNulty is the one that I was like, oh, like it's okay. Like this is honestly for his own best health benefit. Because we saw in season four just how like well, he is a good person. Game. Yeah, but. It was so good. Um, yeah, I really loved the structure of the show that each season had its own central theme while also like 
tying together different aspects. I love that the Greeks never got caught. Me too. Um, because that's that's how it should be. Um, there was just so much. I, I feel like the last episode um, was almost, uh, I think there was a few things that, like everything with the lawyer felt like it was created just because the writers were like, oh crap, we gotta, we gotta, um, you know, finish this. How do you mean? Marlo's storyline? Uh, the bit with the lawyer, like everything about like, oh, the money's all going to the lawyers and we got to take down the lawyer. Um, like, I don't, I didn't feel like it, that needed to be addressed, but. I'm 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 actually not remembering exactly what you're referring to. Oh, just um <clears throat> so there's the the lawyer that represents um Levi? Levi? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, him. Everything with him. Um where uh what's his face? Lawrence? That's a character, right? Lawrence? Is Lawrence a character? Who are who are, no. who are you thinking of? <laughs> Lester. Um, yeah, where Lester, so like Lester gets the, um, goes to the judge, finds out that the judge is like the inside source for Levi, um, and then provides what's her face with the tape of the incriminating tape of Levi, like having an incriminating conversation, which she then uses as leverage for Levi to not bring up the illegal wiretap. Oh, okay. So what's what's your issue there then? I mean, it all makes sense, but it felt like um, they the thing with the lawyer should have been happening all season if they were gonna try to be like, oh, and the lawyer is bad too. Like he's in on like obviously he's in on all of it, but like we're I, gonna I take down the lawyer too. Okay, what what one second there? I don't think Levi being bad is like a last minute twist. No, no, like, not him being Levi bad. Is, it's like the the takedown that we're gonna take him down. Oh, okay. So it is the thing that I feel like should have been more long term. That's that started and ended in the last episode. In pacing in general is my issue with the last season, mm-hmm. and it, it's because it's only ten episodes. Yeah. I feel like it really needed to have, like, two more. It does the best it can with the time it has. Mm-hmm. Like, the absolute best it could have realistically and done, I think. Do I understand, was the show on Borrowed Time? Like, HBO tried to cancel it after season three? Uh, season three, to my understanding, was supposed to be the ending. Okay. And then it got renewed, like, one or two years later. But, like, from there, H- it was pretty clear that HBO wanted it done. Yeah, uh, they did plan a sixth season, like I, I'm, which I'm pretty sure they must have known while writing season five they weren't going to be able to do. Yeah, because like, what would season six be? Uh, Pi McNulty and Lester solving different cases every episode. Yeah, no, no, we but don't like, need that. Like, I'm sure during season five they realized that it wasn't going to be able to last much longer. Yeah, yeah, it's um. I don't. I had a great time with the wire run. I your first rewatch is going to be incredible. I will probably never rewatch it. Oh, Bryce, you will someday. I don't think I will. But the itch will get you. I um. I haven't rewatched a show in a long time. 
Um, even like the standard sitcom shows that I used to always go back to to rewatch. I have. Wow. I usually I usually have a like a rewatch show on retainer that I keep on. No, yeah, it's been mostly just because I feel like there's so much new stuff that I'm like, why would I rewatch something when I could be testing out something new and HBO like HBO's back catalog still there's so many things on there that I'm like oh, I gotta watch that yeah HBO's back catalog um, is amazing but to like for me I find rewatching or replaying or rereading stuff very valuable because it helps I mean, yeah. appreciate and understand things on a deeper level yeah I do too um I would love to rewatch Succession at one point but I fear um, Succession will be something I rewatch before each season comes out yeah that's what I generally used to do when I was watching you know, stuff like Game of Thrones or Mad Men or Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's good for a show like that to just be fresh on what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Oh, I, that's one that I would like to rewatch. But yeah, I don't think. Um, I don't know. I think it's more like a timing thing. It's just like I if I had more time, I think I would watch like I would do more rewatches of shows. But from the time that I have to watch TV is limited you gotta pick and choose i gotta pick and choose yeah so maybe after grad school i'll get back into re-watching stuff what are you gonna watch next um i really want to watch deadwood deadwood um i would also recommend six feet under yeah yeah i read the the premise for that one too six feet under i want to get to uh i don't really want to watch the sopranos so I, I might probably never watch that but i also feel like i should you, you um you should and anything else with HBO? Uh, HBO has Boardwalk so- Empire. I want to check out. I guess Band of Brothers is really good, but that's not really my my jam. Yeah. Uh, you can you can watch Ballers. Mm. Have you watched Barry? I fucking hate Barry. Barry? I haven't watched Barry, but I've heard hate very Barry. good things. I know everyone likes Barry. Why do you can't hate Barry? stand Barry? I think well, the tone. It it's the tone. The tone of it is all wrong. Like, like explain to me. It, I don't think it. To me, I didn't get the sense that it knew if it was a, a dark comedy or drama. And I don't think it toes that line very well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think because it doesn't toe that line or it doesn't decide it's both, it just uh, feels like a very vague show to me. And just like another like Breaking Bad, Ozark type situation. Should we put on our Twitter? Should we put out a poll? Say... uh. Is uh is Barry just another Breaking Bad Ozark situation? Yeah, yeah. I think no one will respond, but I can put it up there. Let's yeah. see what people think. Okay. We got Christy Carlson Romano once. That's true. Yeah, I'll tag um what's his face Barry himself in it. Yeah, will uh, will Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. Will Hader. Henry Winkler. Tag him. Henry. Uh, tag Henry Winkler. He's he was Fonzie and he's relevant to tonight's episode. Yeah. He's relevant to tonight's episode of Neds? Yeah. They jumped the shark. Mm, okay, good call. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, breaking bad situation. Yes. No. People are, like, if anyone does vote, they'll say no. People love Barry. I think that's why I dislike it even more. Because people like it so much. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think it's anything special. If uh, did you like how season five of The Wire did uh some young Sheldon storylines for a few characters? 
some young Sheldon storylines. We, you... we got to see Dookie become become young Bubbles. Yeah, Michael's and young Michael's Omar. young Omar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think that it's like that was so poetic and like just fits with the show so well. It does. Of, like, I mean, it the wheels just difficult. keep on turning. Yeah. Right. The the show, um, the events of the show live and die within it, and then every day is just another day. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of sad watching the final montage and like letting it sit in just how much and just how little has changed since the start of season one. Like it almost mm-hmm. feels superficial. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's you know, drugs aren't going away. Yeah. In Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um they'll still be there. So yeah. Um and I think that's what I like so much about the show too, is like it never even tried to be anything other than um a representation. Like, yeah, like than trying to just like realistically depict the like, the system. Like the and the closest the show ever gets to like fantasy, mm-hmm. stuff like Hamsterdam and McNulty's serial killer stuff, it has, like, realistic consequences. Yeah, and it's and they exist as well for, um, like, the moral questioning of, like, Jen and I are sitting there where, like, what he's doing is awful, but at the same time, like, people are actually looking at homeless murders now. Yeah. Um, and it's not that he's making up any murders. Yes, the, the whole disappearing thing is very questionable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but otherwise, <laughs> like, those, you know, those, um bodies are actual bodies that he's just bringing more light to he's getting more funding into the police and he's like it's it is all for greater good one could argue yeah um and even who is it it's uh the mayor's sidekick laughs at the beginning of the fifth episode and is like uh he says something along the lines of like we like we fixed the system to win a campaign the police fixed the system to like do their job too or whatever but just like the parallel of just like everyone's just fixing the system to do what needs to be done exactly um, uh i i have one one last wire question for you yeah what did you think about marlo as like a villain as like a replacement for avon i yeah. i see the wires like two very distinct eras yeah barksdale like organization arc which is the first three seasons and then the Statfield organization arc, which is the last two seasons. Yeah, I um, I definitely liked Barksdale more. Found it to be more interesting, but the show also showed us a lot more of them. Yeah, they got way more time to be, like, fleshed out. Yeah, Marlo, they just kind of gave the role of, like, he's the boss. Almost like he was just simply the boss, and they I think didn't do re- much to really personify him. Well, I, I think... He works best when you frame him in like direct juxtaposition with Avon. Mm-hmm. Like he represents like a Marlowe represents like a very detached, almost emotionless, yeah, like clinical approach to the game. Mm-hmm. Like where Avon, you know, he makes it a family business. Like he puts like genuine emotion into it. Like regardless of like the crimes he commits and the violence he commits, he it, it's something that comes from a place of genuine want with him, like passion. He wants to better. Like, the livelihood mm-hmm. of his family and the people he cares about. Like, with Marlo, it's just so... Like, 
I, I, I guess I guess the best way of looking at it is like looking at Chris and Snoop, like two mm-hmm. his like two enforcers who legitimately become serial killers throughout the run of the show. Yeah, just by the sheer volume of people they coldly murder on his behalf. And it shows just how the game is changing to be more violent and that kind of cold business-like approach that, ironically, Stringer lacked that Marlo has but doesn't want when he finally gets everything that Stringer wanted at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Which is one of just my favorite moments when Marlo's just shouting in the rain, just completely trapped in a life that doesn't suit him. No. It's, it's the perfect punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super ideal. Yeah, he... um. I don't know. I found him to be interesting. I liked the way in which he operated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was like, it was cool to see that it was so different than Barksdale. I also loved, um, this is kind of a, a different thing on it, but um, a little bit related. I loved the way that Omar went. I loved it. I loved it. Yep. I loved it. I the the first time I watched that scene, like that moment is still seared in my mind. I remember pausing and just getting up and mm-hmm. taking a moment. Yeah, Jenna Jenna looked at me and she was like, "That's it," and I was like, "That's it." Like I, it just happened, like just like that. It's, he was here, now he's dead. Like, um, everything about it, it's so. It, it's just so morbidly real and raw. Yeah, and like, he doesn't make the newspaper. His body is accidentally mixed up for someone else's, and they have to, like, swap it back. Like, mm-hmm. it, it completely dismantles, like, that almost Western cowboy myth he'd been carrying the entire series. But, like, yeah. from there, the like, just the way his legacy spirals and haunts Marlowe, and it, it's totally meaningless for Omar. Like, that's mm-hmm. not what he wanted. It's not what he cared about at all. But it's just so interesting that it actually does become he becomes like a genuine legend out of it despite how undignified it all ends yeah yeah he was he was such a good character really really liked omar easily won um, the show sad that he went but i'm glad that michael is picking back up where he left off <laughs> yeah um what else yeah pretty much i don't know the newspaper i leave it or take it i don't it doesn't matter um of course i have a I, yeah. i'm very biased so i i do mm-hmm. like it a lot yeah i feel like i don't know just something about gus's crusade and how it all fails and yeah how he just can't keep up with how media is changing and how news reporting is changing mm-hmm. how it's embracing more like lies and it's just so sensationalized and it, it's so mm-hmm. funny how ahead of time the wire was on this mm-hmm. like the concept of fake news it like it's it's com- it's one to one recognizable to what's happening now. Yeah, like yeah, it's insane. And it's like I just I thought it was hilarious, hilarious how the two stories came together <laughs> with uh, him the the news reporter saying that he got a phone call. Nick Nolte, the guy who wrote up. Yeah, oh, it was so good. Um, yeah, I like I like I liked them, but I didn't like them. That story, because also I feel like by the fifth episode or sixth episode, you kind of knew, like, okay, he's getting the Pulitzer. Yeah, like it's it, it isn't this isn't being undone in any way. Um, it's it's one of the uh, I think the consequences of David Simon being so close mm-hmm. to the subject matter because he was a reporter for the Baltimore Sun, 
Yes. Okay. And, like it's you can you can clearly tell that like it's one of the few instances where where we were seen like a systemic issue mm-hmm. and we are a hundred percent like shown like they're the good guy and the bad guy. Yeah. And I think it works in this in this case because you know the news needs to be like an un like it, it needs to be what Gus is trying to represent it what push it as mm-hmm. to like be fair and practical and to actually benefit the people. So like I get where David Simon is coming from, but it mm-hmm. does feel a little bit tonally inconsistent with how not neutral because the show is very critical about the systemic issues in like American life in American cities. Yeah. But it, it's approach to people is more neutrals, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it, it considers the human element of like even the worst characters, which is important. That's how you make like good television and good art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every, was... Everyone is nuanced. Even the person you hate most has three dimensions to them. Yeah. Even that boy sitting outside of the baseball stadium who just wants to get in. <laughs> Three-dimensional. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss The Wire. A really unforgettable experience. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad it finally stuck. I've watched that first episode probably six or seven times. It, it took me off. I think it took me three or four times to get to really mm-hmm. get into it. Yeah. But once it clicks, it clicks. And it, mm-hmm. uh, it's just such a good show to just watch and linger on yeah yeah i'll be we'll be thinking about it and talking about it for a while for sure just like how you and i will be thinking about and talking about ned's declassified that's right bryce for a while 